0: Welcome to the Bible Project Daily Podcast. In our amazing journey together, the plan is to work through the whole Bible, Lord willing, for however many years it takes. And today we're in episode 87 and we're just looking still looking at the lessons to be learned from this incredible tar of Babel's story. And we're about a week into our experiment of actually recording these on video as well, and then using that to master the audio. So, if you're accessing this teaching that way, and you have a strong view about whether I should continue this way or go back to the videos in which I don't appear, then uh, just give me some feedback on which format you prepare. But you may remember I suggested last time that one of the purposes of the Bible story is a warning against arrogance because the people in that story were seen to be building a structure that they believe meant they could would represent their ability to function effectively without God now I believe that it's reasonable to apply that message today to societal structures as well at the minute it seems to me that worldwide the difference between the citizen and the bureaucracy if you like that runs the country is getting wider and wider all the time which is one of the reasons i see why there's such an element of destabilization today beginning particularly in the west people all around the world are seeing the political and the economic system as sort of an artificial imposition from the top down something that's been imposed upon them now this story i believe tells us that we need to be Careful about doing large scale experimentations with people's lives. We saw the results of that in the 20th century with the likes of the fascists and the communists. The probability you see is if you try and implement a large scale utopian a vision for social change, then the schemes and the plans often result in consequences that you didn't plan, consequences that are counter to the original content, sometimes even of very well-meaning people. And I believe that examples of this are even found with well-meaning Christians who sometimes try and overstep the mark. You see, humility lies at the heart of the Christian gospel and humility is a virtue that is never really understood or appreciated, particularly in our modern cultures. To say it's not a virtue is probably underestimating. It's something that people hardly ever talk about today. And what I mean by humility is part of what I mean is it means that you probably know that you're not as smart as you think you are. I mentioned to you at one point last time that one of the things that the psychologist Carl Jung said was that the modern man did not seek God because he was no longer looking low enough. Now that's an interesting idea, isn't it? When we look at ourselves with honesty, we should surely recognise that there are things about us that we need to try and fix. Things that we know are not right. Maybe there are some things that we need to adjust in our own lives and in the lives of our immediate family around us. And I believe the Bible teaches that we always need to start with ourselves. It amuses, maybe even scares me a little bit, that people today seem to think they can all fix the major problems of the world when they can't even be seen to manage their own lives or their own destructive actions and impulses. If you're continually frustrated in life to set your own house in order, then you would think that that would make you rather wary about announcing any broad-scale plans for social revolution. But the opposite seems to be true. Now, I saw a film many years ago which the main characters were involved in AA. They were alcoholics. Now, I don't know whether this is true, but I thought there was an interesting concept. But in that film was revealed the fact that this one of the characters wanted to Go into a relationship with another person in the group. And the leader of the group says, no, no, the first thing you need to do, because you're still in recovery, you're still an addict, you've still got a problem, is buy a house plant. Buy a house plant, and if that's alive in a year, then maybe get a pet. Get a goldfish. If you've managed to maintain order in your life to the point of that after a year the goldfish is alive, then maybe consider getting a cat or dog. And after you've been able to care and manage for a cat or a dog, only then, when you've demonstrated you could do that, could you even consider going into a relationship and getting a girlfriend or or a boyfriend. That's an interesting idea, isn't it? It seems to me that people today are really (laughs) inspired to announce huge plans for broad scale social revolution, but they aren't able to set themselves in order. And I think part of the reason for this is if you get involved in these huge worldwide movements and you make your pronouncements, there's a huge delay and a lack of evidence between any announcement that you make, anything that you declare, and the consequences of that as being recognised as either false or even wrong. You see, you can appear to be wise or you can appear to be getting away with something if nothing fails for a while today everyone has plans to change the world but i believe the bible teaches that we need to start first by standing back and taking a look at ourselves i believe the bible teaches that the work of the individual should always restart with the rebirth of the individual by asking yourself firstly who you are and what your position is before God, what your position is before a holy God, and also recognize that that situation can only be redeemed in Christ Jesus. Now I would like next time to call upon the testimony of two huge figures from world history to back up what I'm saying. People who I believe have thrown some real insight into what this passage is warning all of us against. One from inside the church, and one not so but we'll get to that next time thank you for joining me and i hope to see you back here again very soon in the daily bible project podcast bye for now